Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Justified. I'm David Colford, as always, and I'm joined by our favorite plunge father today, Riley Trudell. What's Am going I a on? Plunge father now? Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, you All graduated. Right. Yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. Okay. Number hey, what's one. Going? How's it going? Not much, man. Not much. Um, I brought a very special guest for you today. You I did. think you're going to love it. Well, you brought a lot of guests. We're well, working on it. You brought it. Yeah, one it, and it, she brought like <laughs> nine. I don't it's, even know. It's a work in progress. Yeah, seriously. You got a whole critter fallen over there so today we are joined by a very special guest you guys might know her as the queen of slime the host of the nature class and q a k-u-s-i good morning san diego ladies and gentlemen it's time to go on an adventure with miss mallory Lindsay. mallory how you doing hey guys thanks so much for having me it's such a cool podcast i'm really excited about this thank you thank you i'm excited as well because i i for one love nature i'm clueless about it but I love learning everything about nature and just, um, especially I would, right. Would you say we live in a city? Like yeah. kind of, yeah, yeah. I'd say we live we in a city. Technically live in a city. So, you know, it's just a bunch of concrete around us. We don't really see nature that often, maybe like a tree or a chipmunk <laughs> crossing the road, but that's about it. In the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Haven't had one of those yet. Thank God. But, uh, if I do, if they come across, what are your tips to, uh, should I befriend the cockroach? Should I move them to another location? What's the best route to take there? So what's crazy is 99% of the cockroach species in the world are cool. They're decomposers are really poor really? for the environment. But the ones that you find in your apartment are gross. And those are like the only animals really in the animal kingdom I'm not very fond of. Okay. But for those guys, um, if you can, uh, keep them away from your apartment as much as you can. You can do that by uh, just keeping things clean. They really don't want to be around clean things or looking for food and water. So if you can eliminate that, you should kind of be in a good place. Okay. All right. So clean up your apartment. Make sure everything's nice and clean. If they come out, you know, try to re relocate it first to the wild and go from there. I love so it. So I have to ask, who is, who is this little guy you're feeding lettuce to right now? <laughs> This is my best friend, my best bud, my version of a dog because I can't have one. And this is Junior. He is a prehensile tail skink. Uh, they are the largest of the skinks in the world. He's about 30 inches, almost three feet long. As with his long tail, you can see for those, those who are going to be joining us on the um, oh, visual wow. version. But he has a, he gets his name because of his tail. It can wrap around your fingers and branches. And so it's a prehensile tail skink, also known as a monkey tail skink. Monkey tail. Look at him go. He is just enjoying life over there, eating. Yeah, they're complete herbivores, so I don't have to worry about getting crickets or feeding them things that I would probably want to befriend. Yeah. But what's really unique about this species in general is that they give live birth. So moms oh, will be pregnant for about nine to ten months, uh -huh. and then she will give a baby, and the entire family, which is known as a circulus, will take care of that baby. They'll give them piggyback rides. Oh, they my. will protect them. It's really, really cool. That's amazing amazing that's awesome so what he, he's a, he's part of the skink fan what's a skink because i skink doesn't it it has a bad it's it has a good name but like it sounds dirty yeah it sounds a skink sounds dirty <laughs> it, it's it's that skanky skink no yeah it's, uh, he's, a lizard. <laughs> uh, he's a lizard just like a lot of the other ones um just really what's unique about them is it's just their own in their own little lineage okay that's awesome it's only a branch of the family tree Junior, the man. I mean, he's got a tail that's like that was a big tail you had. There it was like two feet, maybe. Yeah, he. I mean, and it. What's really unique 
is I'll wrap around, and he he can't lose his tail like some of the other lizards. Okay. Yeah, you know how some lizards will drop them when they're trying to protect themselves or escape from a predator. He cannot. It is fixated on there. Okay, so he's fixated. Wait, so they can drop lizards? Can just drop it whenever they want? Yeah. So some lizards, yeah, as a defense. Um. So when like your cat goes to go after a lizard, the lizard's tail will detach oh and God. will keep wriggling while the animal gets away itself that's insane but I see that live, so I oh to do here show. he is what is going on junior going around <laughs> <laughs> my mean man he's so he, handsome he's having a blast look I at think him so. he gets kisses too don't give me kisses. He gives kisses oh oh my god he just crawled I know, right up there on too those lonely friday nights when i have to stick on my computer instead of having a social life i yeah <laughs> <laughs> coronavirus will do that that's okay that yeah. is all right um so for me personally i know I like the outdoors, but again, I don't really know much about it. I've grown up in New Hampshire, which is kind of for, I would say, naturey in a sense. It's naturey, yeah. yeah. We just live, happen to live in the one part that's a city. Exactly. So <laughs> how does one, how did you get involved with um, conservation and nature in general? Uh, so I grew up um, kind of like what you're describing. is in the middle of the city, not much nature around, and I grew up just completely terrified of nature. My yeah. mom raised us really kind of by herself. And so, you know, the best thing to do when you're a single mom is if you don't want to take them somewhere, you kind of scare them about it. So <laughs> then they don't ask about it. Right. And uh, so I grew up like that. And when I was about 17, 18, I became a wildlife rehabilitator. And I was like, whoa, this like nature thing is actually really cool. Yeah. And so I slowly got into it that way. Uh, for anybody that I I recommend wanting to get into it is basically just go to your nature center, start going to those classes, start uh, volunteering, and you'll be so amazed at all the cool stuff that's out there. Okay, that's awesome. See, I thought it'd be like, oh, I grew up in the woods. Um, you know, I was like nature by like day one. No, you're like, no, you were scared about it. Like people grow up in the city like us. And so that gives hope that, you know, you don't have to grow up in the countryside or in uh, like deep in the forest to love nature. Uh, Miss Mallory will show you everything about uh, skinks and guanas. Uh, I see, I like you, every time you post something on Instagram, what I love about it is you give like kind of the TLDR, like Toulon didn't read version of it if you're just scrolling by. And then if you're like, oh, click see more. And it's like five pages of just like a review about uh, a certain mushroom, a uh, slime, an animal. Like, it is, it's awesome. And it's like one of those wow. things like you're just looking around you're like, oh, cool. Like it's kind of like a... A college lesson but it's actually fun like it, it, that <laughs> oh, makes sense thank you so much it's like the cliff note version of your like that biology class you really didn't want to take yes yeah, seriously, <laughs> seriously i love it um so what so junior is pretty cool but there's what is the most interesting species that you've seen um up close <sighs> and personal goodness that i've seen yeah we can or that like or that you know about maybe there's like a rare animal or organism out there um that you've like you know obviously there's only two of but they're pretty cool so my like specialty my my niche or niche if you will is a creepy crawly gross and scary okay uh, one of my favorite creatures i've ever been able to interact with was called a hagfish a Are you guys hagfish familiar? No. yeah doesn't it just sound cool it sounds like uh, a pokemon it does sound <laughs> yeah well it looks like it too and it acts like it oh, so it's okay. a super primitive deep sea dwelling creature it's a fish uh but it looks like the love child of an eel slimer from ghostbusters and like spider-man if they all were to have a child that would be the hagfish and so it looks like this eel but it has this really cool ability to or I should say defense 
fence that if an animal tries to bite it, it releases this type of slime, if you will. Oh but the slime is so special because it it's stored in these little capsules, and this is where Spider-Man comes in. Yep. They're stored in these little capsules, like threads all uh, wound up. And as soon as they release these capsules, it expands like 500,000 times when it hits water. And it becomes this like super viscous, thick slime that clogs the lungs of whatever's trying to eat it. Oh my. Oh, like, is, it, is it this? Yeah, so we're looking yeah! uh hagfish on Google. Oh Sorry. my god. No, you no, this is awesome. Yeah, I'm just like in like is Blowing it out your mic. Yeah, it's crazy to think that like these things are actually like exist. Like <laughs> you wouldn't world. think about this like, oh, there's a fish that'll clog up your lungs if you eat it. Like it releases this crazy slime like oh my goodness, that's awesome. Like, yeah, and what's even better about them is and what I love so much about these kind of gross creatures like leeches, which I have right here, and cockroaches, <laughs> is that humans can use them to benefit for like benefiting our society, right? So hagfish slime, uh, the Navy's been using it as um, a way of defending against submarine attacks. Really? And so this slime can go into a propeller, and as that propeller is really mixing it in, it's getting thicker and thicker. So they're using, they're kind of trying to find ways of that. They're looking to replace synthetic materials that are made out of petroleum uh, to try to find more of a bio use for this high, um, a biosynthetic. That doesn't make sense. Bio <laughs> fabric that uh, for the, the the stretchy stuff that we really like. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I remember um, probably when I was a kid, like the everyone was saying like, oh, the new bulletproof vests are going to be like spider silk or something like that. Um, and I always found that fascinating. Like, that can't be true. Like that, and like actually, do I did have, like a little project in elementary school about that. And like, yeah, it 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 can be, it's doable. Like it's, and that was back in early two thousands. So I mean, like, just think about how far we've gone. And um, I don't know about you, but do you feel that like the future of kind of like renewable energy in a sense is from these kinds of animals uh, learning how to take care of them but also use their like you said their um the spit and silk in a way for either defense renewable energy or something like that yeah i think nature i mean nature's been able to adapt and survive and overcome for you know since the the beginning of time and so if we can learn from those things i think that that's basically going to be key you know we don't have to be all knowing that's like the you know why reinvent the wheel when nature already has found an answer and we just kind of can modify it to fit our own needs yeah seriously i feel like that because at the rate we're going right now the planet's not going to be uh we won't be in new hampshire any longer if, uh, if that keeps going so um how <laughs> people always talk about like conservation in the news and uh, like oh you know conserve water uh, save the animals kind of thing but what is something that uh, just say the average person can do who's not really exposed to this stuff every day. What what can I do personally to make sure that uh, Junior is protected over there and other species alike? Sure, I think it's really just being conscientious of your day-to-day -day actions. You know, many of us think that when we throw something away and it disappears, it's it's gone for, for good. But really, for instance, over 50% of the stuff we throw away can be compostable. And I live in a super tiny apartment, yet... I can. I have this massive compost bin that allows it where I don't have to take my trash out, but once every two weeks. And awesome. unfortunately, a lot of our trash goes into these landfills. Once the landfills fill up, 
Um, they get covered up and then they have to go dig more holes and habitats to do more trash. Oh, so geez. like something like that is super cool and it makes a huge impact. Um, yeah. So kind of just being aware of uh, your surroundings, you know, making sure you buy only what you need kind of thing. Um, composting is great. How does one, so you, like you said, you live in a super tiny apartment, but you take out your trash every two weeks. One, that's, that's the dream right there for anyone who's lazy enough to go outside and put the trash in the dump over there. Uh, how do you do that? Do you, is it just kind of toss it in and see what happens or is there a bigger science to that? I actually have a compost like duplex. So I wish it, it's too heavy for me to pull out here because I'd love to show you, but you get three others. You put holes in the bottom of the first two and then you're going to just, um, basically you got to create a, so worms need nitrogen and they need carbon. So your nitrogen is going to be like newspapers, shredded old bills, those kind of, and you layer it with your scraps, your food scraps, and then you just keep making those layers. And the worms will live in there for about four to six weeks. They turn it into dirt, and then you just basically take the second layer and put it back onto the first layer and then dump out the, the old stuff that you, you can put them, make a garden out of it or put it wherever you need. Dude, that's, that's awesome. awesome. That is like as someone who did his first garden this year, I'm gonna maybe I'll see if I can get going on this composting game. Make my own fresh soil. Yeah, you got a huge garden too. I mean you can I'm the butter squash king of New Hampshire. That's all <laughs> I'll say about that. But That's awesome. I mean that's like what I love about that is <laughs> you're in the tiny apartment like you said, and you just got the steps from Miss Mallory herself, ladies and gentlemen. So get composting, save the environment. We talk about conservation, um, and we just talked about it in the, like in a couple seconds ago, but how, um, I guess the right word is like how, I don't want to say how important is conservation, but like, is it, uh, is it the top topic for, let's say any presidential election, anything like that? Like how is, how important is conservation in our day to day? Yeah. In our day to day lives. <laughs> well, they put up that new clock, right? Um, on, in New York. Yeah, um, I saw to that. show like our countdown of of when it's it's gonna basically implode but i think it should be a top conversation um as far just because our planet is, is our home it kind of dictates our livelihood and our survival so if we don't take care of it and it doesn't matter i think to me personally because i have friends on both sides of uh, the arguments it just you know we got to take care of where we live and when it's like anything when you run out of your resources or you uh, pollute your resources then it's going to come back on you so you can't get mad at something when you're the one that caused the problem you're not wrong there <laughs> you're not wrong there definitely letting them know um yeah that clock is scary that is that that's new too like within the next like past week or two yeah, past few weeks yeah oh man all right well i'm gonna do whatever i can um uh, thankfully you're here to help us out with that um i feel like especially for like uh our high bustling society so to say everyone's like oh you're like i i don't have time to recycle you know i gotta catch the next meeting or i gotta catch the bus or whatever i feel like um if you just take a second out of your day just you know toss out the trash i was watching uh a video this morning it was actually um your good pal forest there forest galante um he was out fishing or whatever in the ocean he found like 10 trash bags like just floating in the ocean and like I was like, there's no way like who would do one who would do that because like just keep them inside the, the boat, just toss it out when you get back to shore. But like it was like they were 80 miles out. Like that is that's insane. I didn't even know that was like 
happening and he's like yeah it happens all the time i was like crazy yeah out of sight out of mind i've been to islands where no one lives there and it's it's literally in the middle of nowhere and you'll still find diapers and just trash all over the beaches from where the tides bring it in and 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 it's it's really unfortunate that it's going to places where people don't even visit now yeah that's horrible bottom of the ocean oh you see now you can see trash everywhere yeah so do you know um I don't see. I've always been told this is true, but it's like that Great Pacific. Is it like a trash island? Like it's like the people say trash like, oh. barge. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's the size of Texas and it's floating around in the Pacific Ocean. Is that true? Do you know, Miss Mallory, or is that like a myth? Yeah, it's a great company, uh, but there's Great Pacific Garbage Patch um, is the biggest one, and it's not like this floating island. I think a lot of this big mound of floating trash. It's actually these like. More of like a soupy mixture. Oh, oh man! That's getting caught and it's curling down, and this it will bring it down to the bottom, and it's just it's almost impossible to clean. But you know, a lot of great innovation where hopefully we're going to be able to go and start cleaning that kind of stuff up. But every piece of plastic that's ever been created and it is still here, unless you know it was burned. But it's really unfortunate that our ocean has been basically that big cesspool of collecting all that gross stuff. Yeah, when you put it that way, it's like a slimy kind of, like it, it, it strikes fear. I'm not gonna lie, like it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, it's it's gonna be tough to clean it up. Um, like that that's scary stuff. Um, but there, I I have hope. You know, I'm a pretty optimistic guy. Does that make me stupid? I don't know. We'll figure it out. You know, I think it starts on the ground level. You know, just everyday people. You know, me, me and Riley over here. Just Riley's got his little compost garden. I'll uh, I'll get in there. Yeah, I'll start making mine in the like right on top of my deck area. Yeah, we'll get it going. Um, but I what I love about you, Miss Matt, like I've been able to ask you any question just off the top of my head, and you've been like, yeah, here's here's a hundred different facts about that topic. Like, how do you how do you know that much? Like what? <laughs> just you travel to everywhere and you see all these different things going on and what? So like what? How do you how do you know a good thing you're not asking me questions about sports because then <laughs> that'd really like ruin that reputation that you just gave me uh reception but i think it's just i'm i i'm so like yourself i'm so fascinated with learning new things and kind of finding that story behind those misconceptions and those myths and and finding that that bright light that's scary things and showing people how like just so cool our nature is that's just even in our backyards I don't know. Living in Manchester has been like uh, the, our little city here. We see like little animals here and there, but we're also like right by the ocean and the forest. So we do see deer. We do see um, some whales from time to time. Hagfish, like I didn't know that was a thing. Like it's crazy to think that wow. these animals are out there. What other um, like crazy animals do you know of that are like, hey, here's something that'll blow your minds. Like this thing exists. Sure. Okay. So here's two that I absolutely love. One you'll find in your backyard, uh, salamanders. Oh. It's the time of year, which is very cool. Um, if you guys go out exploring anywhere, you can flip over and over a log and you should be able to see something right about now, especially after a good rain. But um, there's salamander species that don't have lungs. You know, most of us, we think of animals, we think of hearts, um, digestive system, lungs. These salamanders actually breathe through their skin. And wow. so just like a worm does. So instead of using lungs, yeah, their lungs are essentially like flipped inside out and like they're wearing it like a coat. 
<laughs> so the oxygen from the air will <laughs> kind of a morbid uh, illustration for, for you, but there you go. But uh, so the the molecules in the air will attach to the slime in on its sorry, Junior likes to go after my house plants. That's all right, and, he's enjoying life. Uh, we'll go we'll attach to the slime and then the body soaks oxygen and that's how they breathe instead of lungs. Imagine if we did that. <laughs> like, oh. uh, I don't know why, that's where my brain goes. That is so I love it. Yeah, you've so, seen so the only bad thing about that <laughs> Oh, is he running away? I was gonna say the only bad thing about that is that that's how we're pollution he is. I put him on the ground. That's okay. You know, he's he's enjoying life. All good. <laughs> so worm pollute. What is worm pollution? Like, do they actually pollute the air? Is that what you're talking? So the any kind of pollutions in the water, um, on the ground, because that salamander absorbs everything through their skin. So imagine if our lungs were on the outside. So much gets filtered through our nose that it protects our lungs. With a salamander, they have no protection. So any kind of um, say like someone dumped their oil in the water or runoff, that all gets sucked into the salamander's body. Oh man! Sorry, once is I'm no. trying to eat my plant. No, you're good. You're good. Junior's a homie. I like Junior. Junior's cool. Okay, good deal. You're good. If not, he'll eat my entire winter stuff. Oh, we don't want it. <laughs> no, you need that. You need that. Um, what is? <laughs> what's the most fascinating place you've been to? I would have to say Belize, one of my favorites, um, and was great there too. For anybody who wants to travel and you don't really know where to go for your first big adventure, Belize is great because everyone speaks English there. Oh. Um, and so you have the ocean, they have um, some really incredible scuba, and then when you go inland, they have some really incredible jungles, um, harpy eagles. I went there to study jaguars. Uh, turtle species and it's just like such a really crazy cool array but you still feel like very secure and protected very very great um place to visit for your first adventure yeah i've heard a lot of great things about belize i had a i think i've been there you've been to belize i think so you've been there that's yeah. on the book well, there you go i had a spanish teacher who like i think yeah. it, he lived in belize Beautiful for a place bit. right yeah yeah right what would you say I don't remember which one okay. it was, but it's a good start. Belize. Yeah, it's some really great mountain ranges. Uh, I had a Spanish teacher who lived in Belize. Like he grew up and lived there, and then he moved up here. Um, he said it's the most beautiful place on the planet. He's he said the beaches were crystal clear, but then you know you have the cities, and then you just go right into the jungle. Like it, it is all, and like he said, the conservation there is really good. A lot of people are very nice. Uh, so shout out Belize. I'll definitely put that on my place to travel. Uh, might have to wait a little bit, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, yeah, definitely wear your bug spray, though. That's the place I got my first bot fly, and those are not fun. So you definitely want to make sure you you wear your bug spray. Yeah, what's a what's a bot fly? Is that like a is that a horse fly times ten? I I wish no. It's um so a bot fly. <laughs> what what to worry about really is um is the the larva of a bot fly. So the bot fly female will lay her eggs on a mosquito. And when the mosquito goes to eat, feed, uh, it will drop the eggs in underneath the skin of the animal. Oh and then my. the egg will hatch. And oh. then you have this little like maggot thing that's growing underneath your skin um, <sighs> until it finally feels like it's 
mature enough, and then it'll pop out. I'm sure you've seen this on YouTube, right? And then it turns into another bot fly. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. Um, so I might have to scratch it off my place to visit. Um, <laughs> I have to rethink that one. I hate to break the news to you. There's a lot worse in the world. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, that's like... I've seen like pimple popping videos on YouTube and like, I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, I'm okay with that. But that that's on another level yeah, right now. It does that before you. Oh my God, dude, that is. <laughs> and a fly flies out. Are there any others, Miss Mallory, are there <laughs> any other species like that in the world or anything kind of on that level? Oh yeah. I mean, parasites are so cool when it comes to like, I mean, I'm sure we've all seen the, the animal planet series or I think it's discovery the the monsters inside me yeah <laughs> right or at least we've heard of it but that that is all about super cool amazing parasites and what i think is most fascinating about parasites is that scientists are now it's called biotherapy mm -hmm. so they're actually using parasites and other organisms to heal things that um modern medicine can't and they are fda approved so it's not just like witchcraft um <laughs> for like using maggots and leeches and tapeworms to heal conditions that our modern medicine can't that's awesome i like so kind of like reverse engineering turning a turning a bad well, not necessarily a bad thing maybe a bad thing for humans into a positive um is there a way you know how like there's a circle of life in the uh like food chain kind of thing like everything helps each other out in a certain way is that uh like do parasites play a part in that or is like like people are like oh just get rid of the mosquitoes you know and we won't have all these diseases anymore what happens if you do that right so everything is kind of like i know a lot of people think the food chain are kind of like these really thick pillars and that's how like the food chain works but it's more of like a a stack of cards or like the house of cards where everything's really kind of dependent on this very balanced structure and when things start getting pulled apart even though a card may look very small everything that depends on that one card is actually pretty massive and so you may think something's insignificant but different ties rely on that one insignificant quote unquote animal that that is like i know i say it's a lot but like it really is fascinating like it i'm not just saying that because you know it is fascinating but like Nature to me is just so, there's so much like, oh, you know, there's flies that lay eggs inside of you and they burst when they're ready to, ready to hatch. Like, I don't know, maybe being in the city for a good portion <laughs> of my life, but like. And now you're going to have nightmares that you didn't even know existed Seriously, before. but they're like, it's so fascinating though. Like, I wonder how far we can go with like nature and technology, like kind of intertwining them together. It really is just fascinating stuff that like, I don't even know, like I wouldn't even think of this stuff. I really, I wouldn't know of anything like this, you know, funny. That's about it. That's like, and we take her to the vet once a year to make sure she's good. Like that's probably as far as I know about nature as possible. Um, but see, like you are, I can, like I said earlier, I can ask you anything. You're like, yeah, here we go. A hundred facts about this thing. Uh, like, so do you specialize in, uh, cause I know you're the queen of slime. Do you specialize in parasites? I know you said you're everything creepy crawly. Uh, what's like your, what's like your, uh, I guess the, your favorite creepy crawly out there? Uh, the one, so I go in like phases. So last year was the hagfish. Uh, and then there was, uh, slime molds. Really love 
slime mold right now. But currently, my favorite are these guys. Actually, oh God. <laughs> bought medicine leeches. They're medicinal leeches for to keep as pets, so that I can study them and film them and and really understand their behavior. Okay, are they? Um... These guys are pretty awesome. Those are big like, dogs. You want to know right about there. a misunderstood creature? Yeah, those are. I thought those were rocks at first. Oh no, these are babies. The Amazonian leech will get to be about the size of your arm. What? No way! <laughs> oh my god, we're getting leech time. Here we go. She's taking one out. Oh my lord. Those look. Yeah, I, leeches like terrify me as a kid because I. See that. I know a lot of people think that leeches are like out to get. You. See, that's what I thought. Cause I, I, uh, my dad lives in Maine. Whatever we go into a lake, it's like, oh, careful of the leeches. I would just never go in yeah, the lake. No, no, I mean, they can get you, but they're really not going to want to. Most leeches don't really want to go after human blood. Uh, they're going to want to go after frog blood and things that are a little bit easier. Okay. But, okay. Can I give you five, like my favorite facts about leeches? Yes. You can. <laughs> okay. So, um, many people think leeches in medicine, they think of like the olden times, right? During bubonic plague where they used to like, we call it leeching or bleeding. But currently, leeches are used to help reattach things like our fingers or our ears or things that get cut off where doctors aren't able to reestablish blood supply. We know that tissue, once it loses that blood supply, it begins to die. And so what the surgeons can do is reattach like the big stuff, but they can't reattach those tiny little vessels. And so by sticking on a leech, they have this anticoagulant in their blood that's able to break down those clots and help the blood go through all those broken blood vessels and bring that fresh blood to that, that tissue that's been reattached. So they are able to do things that humans have yet to find out how to do. Leeches are going to become my new best friends after this. So, okay, he's just crawling on your hand. Look at him go. He's just playing with it like a... All right, what's the next fact? I'm <laughs> okay. curious. Keep going. Okay, so another fact is the two scientists, researchers that won the Nobel Peace Prize for learning how uh, fire and communicate with each other was actually due to the leech. They couldn't study human cells because so small that our nerves, I should say, were so small that they started studying the nerve of the leeches that even though they are very simplistic creatures they do some pretty incredibly complex moves like when they swim they actually will their bodies are able to crawl they're able to regenerate when they cut off a portion of their body they can actually regenerate it and so by studying leech nerves they were able to learn how our nerves communicated and how we can figure out things with paralysis and um nerve Degenerating diseases. That is incredible. Leeches are going to save the world, is what I'm hearing. All right, what's the next? I need to keep hearing about these leeches <laughs> because I'm intrigued. Okay, so next one that's pretty cool. So leeches are able to help scientists find animals that we can't in the wild. So when we put up a, a camera trap, a camera trap can only see so many things. It can only see things that cross in front of the camera. But if you go and collect a bunch of leeches and you study the inside, you pull the that we come out of their stomachs, you can actually do genetic or DNA analysis on it to see what animals it's fed on. And you can actually do a survey of what's in the area a thousand times faster than any real scientist can do just by stuff. That is insane. That is crazy. So that's like, I'm sorry, I'm still out of like a loss for word. Like this is, see, I always thought leeches were like these scary things that
said earlier, but no, these guys are like the the detectives and scientists of nature. Like we can <laughs> <laughs> we can we can learn a lot about these guys. Um, do you have another fact for these guys? Is- like this is insane. Sure. So another one of my favorite ones is that they're actually one of the most important tools for neuroscience research. Um, like I was talking earlier about the Nobel Peace Prize um, winners. By studying them, we're getting a little bit closer on figuring out how to reestablish those those nerve communications when things happen with our, like when we get a, a leg amputated or and we try to reattach it or just being able to regenerate those nerve communications they're able to tell us, or starting to tell us how we're able to do that in our own brains. So that's pretty exciting. And and last but not least, um, one of my other favorite ones is they were actually the creatures that helped create dialysis. Really? Yay. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I didn't think I'd be yeah, so... talking to someone tonight who has <laughs> casually as pets, <laughs> but I'm glad we did. Um, I wanted to bring it back to uh, Dave was asking about creepy crawlers. How did you actually find yourself being like, yeah, you know this? This is what I like. And just like dive the creepy crawly world as like what you love and what you're <laughs> passionate and that making that your specialty. How did you come about kind of finding how to become part of that? I, I grew up terrified of them. Like, I mean, terrified. I was a kind of, I'd walk in the park with like not even 20 trees and think there might be a wolf in there somewhere <laughs> that was going to come out and eat me um i just i was not good with nature snakes spiders any of those things just not gonna happen and i think i went to marsh job i couldn't get a job anywhere and i went to this reptile place and i was like i don't i just need a job i want to buy a car just put me behind the cash register right. and he's like no this this chick this is she's gonna pay for this one he doesn't <laughs> want to be here and i know it and so he got this sack of snakes out They're baby snakes. And he's like, if you put your hand in here and grab out a snake, I'll hire you. And I was like, oh, you wouldn't. And, but I did. And like, as soon as I did that, it was just a, just a snap. Like, wow, this animal is so cool. And I used to be so afraid of it. And look how, and it just, from there, it was, um, became an addiction. You see, if I was you, I'd be unemployed. And that's (laughs) as far as we would go. Here's, here's a bag full of snakes. Just pick one out and you're, you're good. You know, I don't think we can do that at a, at a local target or anything like that. <laughs> right. So what, what created your fear of snakes? You know, that's a, yeah, no, you're good. Um, that's a great question. You know, now that you think about it for some reason, it's like one of those, um, things where I just see a snake. I'm like, Oh, don't talk like, do like, maybe it's a natural reaction. They haven't done anything to me. I'm I'm on the same boat as you. They have never done anything to me. Yeah, anyone I know, yeah. I just don't like them. I see them I'm like, Ugh, I'm not a fan. Right. A lot of times what happens is we see them on TV when we're really young and we see the way either our parents or someone that we really look up to will react to them. And then we automatically think that that's the way we're supposed to react to them. And so it's it's unfortunate, but it's, it's definitely a, a cultural thing, I think, with this fear of snakes. And it's also a primitive thing too, right? Snakes usually means venom, which means stay away. Yeah, I think you nailed it right on the head. Whenever, like, we don't have, not that I know, I shouldn't say we don't have, not that I know of, we don't have any venomous snakes in New Hampshire. Um, I think we just have garden snakes just chilling around. They're just, they're having a good time. I haven't seen one in probably 15, 
20 years at this point. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen one, but how's the sound, Miss Mallory? Next time I see a snake, I will go attempt pick it up. to... Yeah, I'll Just attempt... Up. No, no attempt. You're going to go up to that snake I'll, and you're going to pick it up. grab it. And if it's a rattlesnake, I'm going to stay far away from that. And dude. then you're going to bring it to my house yeah. and I'm going to pick it up and we're going to send her a photo of us with a snake and we're going to be like, we did it. We conquered our fear. Yeah. I'd be so proud. I'd even be proud if you were able to take a picture of you just sitting there but beside a snake just watching it go. Because most people can't even do that. Oh, I think I can do that. All right. I'll accept that challenge. I don't know. We're, I, I think I can We're do picking that. up the snake. Yeah. <laughs> Baby steps. Um, <laughs> so, so Miss Mallory, on The Plunge, yes. our other show, uh, we do this segment called Plunge Picks where we do a snake draft. Aha! Sna- I didn't even think. <laughs> uh, snake draft. Um, uh, four, four picks where we take a topic and we try to pick our favorites. Um, and if someone else picks yours, it's oh. off the table now. Uh, so I think, okay. I think we should do here a plunge picks of nature documentaries because, uh, okay. now nature documentaries is a loose term in plunge picks. Uh, it's really, you'll see, uh, but we're going to let you start it off. So you're going to have the first pick and then it'll go to Dave and me and then me, Dave, you again, and we're going to do four rounds. All right. How do I do a pick? You just say it. <laughs> Say what's on your mind and... Uh, oh, do I have to be like my favorite documentary name? Yeah, your favorite nature documentary name, your... Whatever, anything, yeah. Okay, um, I'll say Planet Earth. Oh, the classic. Elite pick. The classic. David Attenborough right just got on Instagram like two days ago. Did you see that? Yeah, Sir David. Yeah, you see he got like over a million, million followers in like less than two hours. I think he set the record for quickest person to a million followers. Free influencers dream. <laughs> okay, so Dave, you're up. Now. All right, here we go. Kicking it off. First pick. I'm gonna have to go Planet Earth Two. <sighs> That's a great pick. Uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Blue Planet. Okay. I'm a Blue Planet guy. I think it's more calming. It puts me. It's my. That's my go to sleep show. Yeah. <laughs> Just the fish. It's great. Um. And then I'm gonna take Lion King. I think Lion King did a lot for the, the world. It did in in nature. Yeah, it yeah. did the remake too, especially. I'm going with that. No, I like it. I like it. I like the creativity. Um, I would say My Octopus Teacher when it just came out on Netflix. That's a show. That's is that a what's it about? <gasps> you haven't seen it? No. <laughs> what is it? That's your homework. Okay. Right. So this guy, he's a filmmaker. And he decides to take a year of medical. He goes into the ocean and decides to go swimming every day just to look at the ocean in his backyard. And he octopus, no joke. This thing is like cuddles with him. It like teaches them the way it hunts. It shows them like how it uses tools to protect itself. It's it'll make you cry. I mean, you don't cry, you don't have a soul. That sounds right up my alley. Nature's cool. I'm sorry. Like, I'm at a loss for words. And I just, I love nature, man. I really do. Um, I saw this one when I was sick. Uh, it's called Night on Earth, Shot in the Dark. Like what it sounds like. I wish I could explain it more. But they have this new oh. technology where you can see uh, like lions and uh, leopards hunted in the wild. Like It's all pitch black, but they make it so it's like daytime. It's pretty neat. Highly recommend. All right. All right so you're going to get another one here, Miss Mallory. Like okay. 
Um, Death by Dawn. Ooh. Death by Dawn. That sounds like a... Intense. Sounds like a, a romantic kind of movie right there. <laughs> it <does. laughs> it's like a rom-com. I mean, who's the guy who sing, writes like the notebook and stuff? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Definitely, oh. It's definitely a kid's movie. <laughs> okay. That's going on the list. I think you it's get... about uh, nocturnal predators. Oh, that's sick. All right, I'm all for that. All right, Dave, uh, I'm going to give you two. Um, I'm going to go with a Miss Mallory special. Uh, I believe it's called Insects. Um, I don't remember. Is that a <laughs> Disney Plus? I remember watching it. Uh, I think it's a Netflix. I remember okay. watching it like way back in the day. Um, and it was like praying mantis. Like each episode had like a biome. So you can go to the jungle. You can go to the, uh, not the tundra, but you can go forest. My number two, or my to wrap Four. it up for me, uh, I'm going to go Blackfish. Um, <laughs> that really opened the door for like what? Like the behind the scenes stuff. I'm I'm sure some people knew. I'm sure even you knew Miss Mallory. Um, but for me, who's like I've I've been to Sea World, and I was like, this is awesome. I liked Sea World when I went, and then yeah. all that shit came out, and I was like, uh, are they even open? Yeah, probably. They're, oh. They don't have morals. They're probably open during yeah. COVID. There you go. Okay. Uh, similarly to yours, I'm gonna take Tiger King. Mm. Uh, for my third pick as. Uh, it was a it was a cult classic at first, the cult being the entire world. Right. Uh, and then immediately following, everyone was like, oh, these people are garbage humans. And then it kind of brought up like animal rights. Yeah. So cool. Uh, my last pick, I'm going to take Shark Week. Just blanket statement, Shark Week. Shark Week's awesome. So, Miss Maller, you have your final pick to end wrap up the plunge picks. What will it be? I think uh, my good buddy Forrest Galante is his show. Yes. Your life. Yes. I love that show. Best show. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. I'm so happy you said that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Miss Mallory, I have two questions to wrap it up for you. Um, poaching is a pretty big okay. aspect of, uh, like, Poaching's bad, obviously. How, in the grand scheme of things, like, is it the number one threat facing animals and wildlife, or is it, um, is it something that's like everyone talks about, but it's it's really not that bad of a threat? I a poaching obviously is very very bad, and it comes in in different forms, right? And but it, we can't really talk too much about the poacher itself because usually the poacher is doing it because of trying to either feed its family, or there's a lot of other factors that are having this person resort to poaching and and even in the u.s we poach it's crazy how many people will go out and take animals from the wild and even though it doesn't sound like a big deal it's in fact poaching in its own way but really i think it's just humans in general which is the biggest threat to wildlife and our our mindsets of thinking that it's kind of just our ours to own and take away and not understanding that kind of affects everything and if I could give, and this is very controversial, but it, it is what it is. I was really thinking about your place on this planet and, and how many people we're going to bring into this planet in the future. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, kids are bad. I love kids, obviously, but it's more of, you know, making that conscientious decision of we only have so many um, resources and so many things that um, just make sure that whatever your decisions are, are in the right place. Our, uh, our buddy Adam uh, end up proposing to you after hearing you say that <laughs> sentence. Uh, 
so Dave, you had your last question. I did. Yeah. Um, I know for look, I, I, I agree with you on that. I, I'll be honest. It's, yeah. you know, um, and just to get like a, a minute speech here, I was definitely one of those people who were like, this is our planet. Like we're the apex species. Like, yeah, you know, I'm going to hunt this fish. I'm going to cook it and I'm going to eat it. And he's like, I'm going to feed my family kind of thing. But, uh, would you actually, you know, there's so social media is great. Um, because I get to see content like yours and you know, you have a hundred million different facts about this one species that you take a picture of and it kind of opens your eyes. Like, okay, wait a second. There's this species who's also trying to feed its species fan, his little cricket family. You know, Junior. Junior, for instance, he's trying to feed his family. So it's, you take that into perspective and you're like, okay, yeah, there is, we have to share this planet. Um, but I wanted to talk to you about um, a couple things, really. It was, what is Bad Boy Mowers? I see that on your Instagram, but I'm not really too sure what it is. I, yeah, so I think um, a lot of people believe that if you're going to be a conservationist, you have to do that full steam, and and sometimes that's not for everybody. Um, as many people know, conservation and, and animal stuff doesn't have a lot of money behind it, and so I also do promotions and marketing on the side, and Bad Boy Mowers is a really incredible American-based company. We do zeroers, and I'm the spokesperson for them, and um, it allows me to really be able to to communicate to both sides. The, I, uh, working in rural America has a very different mindset than maybe the bustle and bustle of an inner city. So it's me to have a very diverse mindset. Right on. You're absolutely right there. Um, and so is this true they can catch you every Sunday on QUSI San Diego? Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Um, so I go live around 940 every morning on KUSI in San Diego, Good Morning San Diego. So it also does live streaming. And every week we highlight some kind of native animal in the San Diego area. We'll be seen around the entire U.S. as well. Last week we highlighted sea otters and blue whales. And the week before that we were doing some really cool things about octopus and bears that are going through your neighborhoods during the wildfires. <laughs> big, big array of things. Those pesky bears. But hey, you know what? When everything's going on in the wildfires, I don't blame them. They can, they could, uh, they can have fun <laughs> in the spare bedroom. That's okay. All right. Well, Miss Mallory, thank you so much. Where can they find you? Sure. Um, Instagram, Miss Mallory Ventures, and online. I just started a new business, uh, or I should say, co co created a business with a citizen science platform called Project Noah. It's called Nature. So if you are a parent or a teacher that wants to bring more nature into the area, you can go to nature school and I basically teach you the ABCs of going into nature. And uh, also you can find me on Facebook. Yeah. There you go. I love it. I love it. I love it. Miss Mallory, keep it up. Spread the good word of nature. Can I introduce you guys to one more creature? Of course, of course. you can. We're always looking for new friends. Okay, this is our final goodbye. <laughs> I'm going to show you to one of my favorite. This is the... Ooh. I hear hissing. What oh, is that? My. Is that a cockroach? Yeah. But I want you guys to listen. Ready? Oh, my God. Ugh. It's like a hissing cat. Can you hear him okay? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's sound. He is a crystal clear man. That is... So is he doing that Bingo, as like a... hissing cockroach. <laughs> is he doing that as a protection thing? Or is he just... That's just who he is. Yeah, it's protection. Uh, so insects don't have lungs. They actually breathe through holes in the side of their body. And the, these cockroaches 
are special because they're able to that air they're sucking in to push back out as a defense mechanism or as a territorial call. That is, they have holes in their body. That's it. They just air comes in and they like, like you can't make this stuff up. Like you really can't. Like just so everyone look around you. Go follow Miss Mallory on Instagram at Miss Mallory Adventures. Um, take a walk outside. Go on an adventure. Go find a salamander under a log. Yeah. You know, make that your goal. Find a snake. Pick it up. Let's let's get outside, everybody. <laughs> I don't warn you. I don't. Don't make any disclaimers of picking up snakes because I don't want to be sued. But yes, definitely interact with any kind of wildlife you can safely. The safety is our number one concern over here on Justified. Miss Mallory, thank you so much. (laughs) 